Before we launch into today's episode, just wanted to give you a quick update on the app. We have recently added some additional features exclusively for users of our mobile application. Number one, we have a preview of the Crush Step 1 podcast, which will be coming out soon. So if you want to get a head start on listening to that, download our app. We also added very specific playlists that help organize the content of the ITB podcast and the Study Smarter podcast uh, into sensible kind of exam strategy things, um, those on life advice and, and study advice, and of course separated out the past versions of our Study Smarter series for Step 1 and the clerkship ones that we have out, uh, which are surgery, psychiatry, and internal medicine. And with each of those, we also put in some additional examples from our all-audio QBank. And one thing I'm pretty excited about, for you hardcore, as it were, Boards Insiders, we also created an Inside Inside the Boards podcast that will only be on the app. So going along with this episode, if you like to learn a little bit more about ITB and kind of the the reasons we started it, what we're doing, and kind of the philosophy that drives what we do, for all those things, just insidetheboards.com, make an account first, and then download the app on the Google Play Store or for iOS. Hello, listeners. It's Patrick here, and I wanted to take the time to release an episode that discusses a little bit about how to save time. As I'm sure you know, Inside the Boards has been concerned with helping students reclaim some of their time so that you guys can use it to focus on other things in life, like family, friends, personal development. And the reason for that is because I personally believe that in order to be a good doctor, You have to have balance and, of course, just in general, to be a good person, to have a good life, you have to maintain balance. When you go to medical school, you quickly find out that it lends itself very well to becoming ridiculously unbalanced. That's not just medical education. That is really uh, the risk of our profession in general. And so as I look back now on the three and a half years that I've been working on Inside the Boards, um, I just want to check in and kind of explain, you know, where we've been as a platform and where we're going. And a good, you know, opportunity to do this is now we finally released a cross-platform mobile application, something that I've truly been working on for like almost three years, a good two and a half, and uh, listeners probably will recognize that this has gone through a number of iterations. There have been a number of promises on dates and, and release features that have been, uh, that have been left unfulfilled. The, the reasons for that are uh, just because of life stuff, me trying to stay balanced myself because I am a full-time clinician. Uh, and although over the past two months, I've kind of had to drop that down because Inside the Boards has been, been growing so much. And I want to devote my professional time to, uh, in large part, you know, developing ITB as a company. So let me tell you a little story about how ITB got started 
and kind of the roots of of my convictions that have um, really propelled me to continue developing it as a company and and serving you guys as listeners and and as uh, students. In my senior semester of college, I was a philosophy major. I decided I wanted to do something that was less inside the ivory tower and more practical, something that puts philosophy into action. And so I took general chemistry one so I could kind of test the waters. I was homeschooled. And as you can imagine, there's not a lot of laboratory science available uh, within the context of that way of doing education. And I actually did pretty well in general chemistry and, and actually kind of liked it. So I signed up for a post-baccalaureate program uh, so I could finish the, you know, the prerequisites to apply to med school while I was doing my uh, master's in philosophy. Amazingly, I ended up getting into medical school with a so-so MCAT score. Uh, it was a 28 at the time. I'm, I'm not sure what that is now, but it wasn't the 30 that everyone talked about needing to get in order to successfully apply and gain a spot. So classes start at the University of Toledo College of Medicine, and it's biochemistry. And holy crap, from day one, it was like an onslaught of information. You know, they say drinking from a fire hose. And yeah, that's exactly what it was like. That first year, I, I struggled just to maintain my grades and, and do do well enough to pass. And in, in anatomy, for instance, I, I almost failed uh, one of the exams and uh, just like barely passed it, essentially. And that was despite putting so much time in. You know what it's like. You live, breathe, and eat medical school as a student. And so some of the consequences of that were my family life suffered. I I often like look back on on that period of my life and I'm like, man, I don't have really, you know, good memories of of things uh, that my kids will be like, hey, remember when we, you know, did whatever? And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Um, but I don't have that great of a memory of it because my mind was always on the Krebs cycle or whatever it was we were trying to learn. I recognized those problems when I was a, a first-year student, and at the end of first year, I, I took a look at my life and was like, I got to reprioritize. And so during second year, I stopped studying at 6 p.m. every day, regardless of what still needed to be done. And that actually improved not only my, my own like well-being, uh, but also it improved my academics. I did much better on tests. That wasn't the only change I made. I also discovered practice questions at the time. And, you know, this is back in like 2007. So QBanks uh, on, on the web were just starting to come into their own. And then third year started. I had done better on step one largely because of practice questions, than whatever the equivalent would be uh, with respect to the MCAT. So that was good. And third year was nice because finally you're seeing patients, you're doing what you thought you would be doing, or at least more like it, uh, when you started to consider a career in medicine and, and apply and all that. But the time truly at that point was not your own. Um, I found and was frustrated by the fact that it really didn't seem like anyone respected my time. I had a family, 
And I had obligations outside of medical school as well. And as third year went on, by honestly about October, I distinctly remember a time I was in the hospital in the middle of the night. And I just thought like, I don't know if I can do this another like five years, like to have to study for these shelf exams and be away from my family because I was on a, a rotation at the time where I had to live away. And I, I just, what are you going to do though? Like you're already committed. And I became depressed at that point, legit, uh, and ended up seeking help. And that's probably another episode for another day and a, and a story eventually I, I would like to tell you guys, because in large part, it's, it's the uh, springboard for why I have spent so long building inside the boards as a company. At any rate, after I figured out how to get through third and fourth year, which fourth year was amazing, by the way. Um, so if you're not there yet, Look forward to it. If you're already there, you know what I'm talking about. Then residency came along and I did OBGYN residency. And as you can imagine, if third year clinical, uh, the clinical years of med school were tough, in residency, your time truly isn't your own. Um, you don't have often enough time to think about much more than doing the work that needs to be done day to day and learning what you need to learn to be an actual doctor. As well, there were so many opportunities to become unbalanced, and, and that's what happened to me. Uh, by the end of second year of uh, residency, I'd really lost myself and missed out on a lot uh, with respect to my kids' growth. Um, I'd spent so much time just you know being uh, consumed by the obligations of medical education. And, and of course, this is not everyone else's experience. I personally and constitutionally Probably I'm just not able to go like hardcore uh, like that without it affecting my my own uh, well-being and mental health. At the end of, of second year, beginning of third year of residency, I had been writing practice questions and, and doing various medical education things, writing uh, and, and tutoring, things of that nature. Uh, but I came up with this idea of inside the boards. And my thought was... I had finally been able to take control of the examination aspects and requirements of, of medical education uh, through my work doing uh, writing USMLE-style practice questions and, and really learning to think like a question writer, as, as we say on this podcast. Uh, and so I thought I could share this with other people and maybe just make their lives a little bit better to be able to put examinations and all the stress that goes along with it into perspective, help people achieve their, their goals on an exam without having to put so much time in uh, that it would affect their family life and their, their well-being personally. And of course, the news just came out that step one is now going to be pass-fail, uh, even though step two is still scored. But you know, hopefully, uh, that introduces a little bit of a change and removes uh, some of the stress that students face surrounding doing so well on that exam. 
The idea of inside the boards stuck in my mind until the point in which I had finished residency and I had just become an attending and decided that I would start, you know, working on this project of helping students to take exams in a way that helped them learn to think like question writers and not just offer like content that they needed to know, but how to have a mindset that allowed them to do better on tests do better in their study, and to balance and put in perspective an exam in relation to their broader medical career and life itself. Hence, this podcast was born. Podcasting has been awesome. I've really enjoyed it, uh, just being able to connect with people like you guys listening now and uh, to be able to kind of like offer some mentorship and hopefully useful advice for those of you who are either struggling um, or who just want to be able to learn a little bit of content on the go. And from that podcast was born the idea of doing an audio cue bank, which I have worked tirelessly on, and, and not just me now, but others uh, who volunteered and uh, joined ITB as a company to help us produce something that, you know, while not perfect, I really do believe is the, the perfect companion to uh, the usual things you study, like, you know, UWorld's cue bank or using first aid, because it allows you, at least I hope it, do, it does, or at least will as we continue to build it, um, help you to study on the go while doing other things and to reclaim some of that time and prevent yourself from becoming unbalanced and the other areas of your life suffering more than they would have to uh, without this resource. So I've drawn on a little bit about my own personal story, but looking back on that, I want to identify some areas that did help me uh, to maintain balance and uh, to, you know, kind of reorder my priorities so that I was able to, you know, both complete my medical education and not lose, you know, all of myself in its pursuit. So I'm going to discuss these kind of in the context of our um new mobile application because the whole thing is is kind of built out of my own personal experience uh, and some of the things I mentioned as struggles throughout my medical education. Number one, what helped me maintain balance and stay sane during medical school was quiet time. I have found throughout my life that devoting some portion of the day, you know, even if it's just five to 10 minutes uh, in the morning uh, to, you know, some sort of personal development reading um, or meditation. Uh, for me, it's, it's prayer because I'm religious uh, and uh, that sort of functions in, in the same kind of capacity psychologically as do mindfulness meditations. Uh, that was a big thing that, that helps me stay grounded and, and centered. And one of the reasons we included mindfulness meditations within our application and why we have made those free, because having a component of mindfulness and the ability to, you know, collect oneself allows your racing thoughts to slow down a bit and allows you to think and put things in perspective without the external pressures of the, the things to do list that's constantly pushing on you. As well, 
that practice of, of mindfulness or contemplation, meditation, whatever you want to call it, it is connected to and pretty reliably seen as something that helps people get better sleep, for instance, maintain their willpower when it comes to things like eating cotton candy blizzards, which is my weakness. And we also know that it can help strengthen one's immune system and to therefore prevent illness and your body from breaking down. Of course, the mind and body are so intimately connected, you can't really separate the one from the other. During that morning period of recollection and, and even now, and I continue to struggle to perfect my morning routine, as they say, but um, it allowed the opportunity to create a list of things to do for the day and to plan kind of like the big areas of life um, that, that needed addressed during that day to help me achieve my, my goals or the tasks that I needed to do for the you know, weeks or months ahead. So looking at you know, what I was going to do for exercise or what I was planning to eat so that I was thinking about something healthier than cotton candy blizzards. And was also an opportunity to look back on the previous day and, you know, find out whether or not I was too ambitious and all the things I wanted to set out to do, and then to adjust my schedule accordingly. The other thing that has helped greatly in, in my own personal balance is, of course, exercise. You know, it hasn't always been a lot, but trying to have that goal every day of doing something active, something that takes away from, you know, sitting down at a computer or with a book studying or, or whatever it is that allows you to move. I mean, this also helps with, you know, things like having restful sleep or having enough energy to complete the tasks that you've, you know, planned for the day ahead um, or, or whatnot. Another aspect of staying healthy and balanced and reclaiming your time, which is combining efforts. So if you can exercise while also studying and reviewing, you've kind of killed two birds with one stone. And so that's always been a, uh, a study method of my own. And of course, that's why we offer the podcasts and the, the audio learning content. But, you know, you can too. Like if you have particular lists or notes or whatever, not a bad idea to take your voice memos app on your phone and, and just record some sections if they're helpful and then just play them back over and over. If they're the things you're constantly forgetting, that can be really, really useful to help drive points home and, and get you to, you know, memorize uh, things that you otherwise have trouble remembering. When I was studying for step one, I for like three months, whenever I went to the gym, I would listen to Golyan, just Golyan, over and over again, every time I was exercising. And I think in large part, that's what helped me on step one, because I had listened through those lectures so many times that they became internalized. And so that's kind of my thought with the audio cue bank and doing these podcasts. Another thing that has helped me reclaim time is delegation, or I guess a broader way to put it would be ask for help. So you know the faculty members or, you know, classmen above you who are like, hey, if you need anything, you know, feel free to let me know. People who say that to you actually mean it. I was once told in residency that I was, quote, too willing 
to accept help, that wasn't even asking for help. That was just accepting help when offered. That's ridiculous. If somebody offers you help, hands down, accept it. Take it as an opportunity to give that person the joy. I mean, that's why we do medicine. Like, aren't we here to help people? Patients come to us and and they're asking for help. We offer help and we feel good about it because man is a social animal. Being able to mutually support one another is, is part of what makes our lives full, complete, and gives us a sense of not only professional satisfaction, but, but also personal satisfaction. So when it comes to asking for help, who in your life is willing to give their most valuable asset to you because they care? That is their time. Is it a mentor? Is it a family member? Can your parents or brother or friend take your car to get the oil changed or go grocery shopping for you? These are small things that getting assistance with them can really help you feel like some of your time is reclaimed and gives others the the satisfaction of being able to help somebody in need. And that's why I say often here too, like if there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out. I kind of try to set this whole thing up as what would we be saying? What would ITB be saying to people who asked us for help? And that's why, you know, we provide question dissections like, hey, help me think through how to answer these hematology questions. Well, that's why we have an episode on it, for instance. You can also reclaim some of your time by putting things, at least whatever you can, on autopilot. It's simple and maybe a little bit obvious, but some of the things I do for autopilot, as far as what I wear every day, I basically just wear jeans and a black t-shirt so I don't have to think about what to wear. And then, of course, kind of like a standard outfit for, you know, professional uh, uh, events or contacts. And, and then scrubs. Scrubs are very easy for work. Setting up auto bill pay, scheduling recurring, you know, events or, or time periods at which you do this or that task. Like, I always pay bills on Saturdays the first of the month or, or whatever it is, just so you have a schedule built in that you know has recurring tasks that need to get done so you don't have to think about when to do them. Another good thing, um, use a meal service like HelloFresh if you can afford it um, or set up like a grocery list on one of these, you know, like grocery pickup things where you can, you know, you can just pay for the items you're always stocking in the pantry, and you don't have to think like, ah, what do I need from the grocery store? At least for most of it. All in all, Inside the Boards exists as a company to help you live a better life. Helping you think like a question writer so you can achieve your goals on board exams is a tiny component of that. At least that's my hope. But I really do care. I have... 
I have really given my life to, to working on this whole thing, and I want to be able to do it more uh, because I care about students, and I don't want you to suffer the same sorts of, of uh, negative consequences I had throughout medical education because of my failure to really consider how to, to put my own personal well-being and health at the center of my priorities. You can't give what you don't have. So our mobile application is finally out. We're going to be adding additional features like audio flashcards soon. And, you know, the more time I have available uh, to do it, I'll be adding more like long form practice question dissections. But each of the components in there does really come out of my own personal convictions and desires to help students avoid some of the traps that I fell into within medical education. So as always, I, I thank you for listening. And please check out our app. You need to go to insidetheboards.com to create a, an account, a Boards Insider account, and then you can download the app for iOS or Android, and free users will get access to the meditations, the mindfulness meditations that we've thrown in there. We'll have all our podcasts organized into one place um, with specific playlists to make it easier to navigate so you can you know just focus on like step one content like archived episodes of our step one study smarter series from the past years or internal medicine clerkship content and then we're putting in a monthly kind of made for you playlist with some high yield learning that you get for free, whether it's an example from our audio cue bank or some more uh, long form question dissection, something of that nature. And then, of course, you can subscribe as a premium user to our audio cue bank with the step one version powered by exam circle and the step two version powered by online meded. And then there's a another component, a set of 100 high yield pharmacology questions that are useful for both, you know, step one and step two level students. We're adding more questions and removing uh, more and more of the, the robot voice recordings so that everything is human recorded. And I've got big plans to make this thing even way better. Already, I appreciate your support for our platform.